I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to the Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, SoundCloud, Spreaker, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Sebas, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Bo Sebas, here we go. Go! The number of the weekend is five, buddy. The number is five. If, as some of you know, if we go five and oh this week in the Super Contest, we get paid out on the three-weeker about 40 grand. You know, no big deal. A nice little <laughs> deposit into the FGH bankroll. Uh, no pressure. So, But the number is five. So I'm going to a wedding on Saturday. And everything I do will be in fives so that we can manifest this five and oh. I will drink beer in buckets of five at a time. I will order five shots at a time. If there's a six person, sorry, buddy, you're out of luck. And if I happen <laughs> to if I happen to bang a desperate bridesmaid, I will have to muster up my inner 18-year-old self and bang that broad five times. So if you see me Sunday, don't beer me. Bring me a liquid IV because I will be completely out of bodily fluids. Now, whether you are here for the funny. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Hilarious. We're 10 hours from the fucking fun park and you want to bail out. It's called having a sense of humor and laughing. You should fucking try it once in a while. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. And as always, here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a Miller Fortune from Miller Brewing Company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, This is an awful beer, half a star Hmm. out of five on the app. But I am drinking it tonight for two reasons. One is I feel like a fortune teller because last week I told you all Longhorn was going to repeat 
his 4-1 in the Super Contest, and he ah. fucking did! You did. And the second reason is because I have a new fortune to read this week, and that is that Longhorn is going to go 5-0, <laughs> and he's going to win us a fortune. Ho! Oh, bonus beer reason with the double entendre. Oh, and we're getting rich. Let's fucking go! So you're meaning to tell me that you're drinking a beer that you gave a half star, which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. 0.5? There's no zero, right? So 0.5 is the lowest. Oh, yeah. So you're just putting doo-doo in your mouth just for me. That's right, baby. Just for you. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys and girls, we need the podcast. We go over every game in the NFL in the air tonight. And, of course, of course, we're going to get you those Pay with those free picks, 2-0 last week. Woo! Mm-hmm. But right now, we got to get paid to do that. Here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Cock Diesel. Well, it's no secret that here at FGH, our audience is mostly men, or women that identify as men, or however the fuck all that works. And because of that, we have been chosen to be the new exclusive advertisers of a new penis enlargement company called Cock Diesel. Cock Diesel is a revolutionary new company with one goal in mind, to make your member the size of a California red oak timber. And with their patent and proven methods, they will do just that. How does it work, you might ask? Well, I'll tell you. First, they measure your pleasure with a confidential in-home meeting and from there develop and individualize a strategic plan to turn your baloney pony into a salami that can do it all like Shohei Otani, baby. If you want to reach your phallus totalis, Cock Diesel. If you want your trouser weasel to be the third leg on your easel, cock diesel! God damn it, if you need the force in your choder to be as big as it is in Yoda, cock diesel! Go to cockdiesel.com right now and put in code word glory hole for 10% off making your cack the biggest in Fenway pack there, kid. That's code word glory hole for 10% off getting the schlong the size of King Kong, baby. One more time, 10% off the tally whacker that will give you all the swagger with code word glory hole. Holy shit, that cock diesel is a hell of a product, Longhorn. But let me tell you right now, boys and girls, when Longhorn hits that 5-0, and we ain't going to need that product anymore because our cocks will be the biggest in the fucking room when we go to the Westgate and collect that goddamn prize money. Yeah, I won't need it post the 5-0, and but I will need some of that cock diesel uh, Saturday night when I'm banging the bridesmaid. Uh <laughs> Because if it can add the extra five inches that I need, that would be, that would just, it falls right in line. Five, five, (laughs) five. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Okay, it's happening. Stay calm. What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby. Those bells, those bells, baby. You know what fucking time it is, Longhorn. Time to go over every game in the NFL in the air tonight. And we're going to start up there with those Minnesota Vikings. 
and they are hosting your Los Angeles Chargers. And this game is all over the board. Uh, some books have Chargers favored. Some books have Minnesota favored. I see Pickums at some place. I tell you what, we're going to go with what the contest graded at, which is the Pickham, which is what I graded at as well. I think that's fair enough at this point. I'm not sure exactly where this is going to land. Either way, I don't see it getting outside of two on either side. So let's go with Pickham. And, buddy, this is the fucking official loser leaves town game. And I mean that quite literally because there's rumors on both sides. The Chargers lose this game, start 0-3. Their shitty coach is fired. And there's also rumors on the other side of Minnesota loses this game going 0-3. They will be looking to deal Kirk Cousins in the last year of his contract. They've already made it very clear to him they are not signing him back. There are teams out there, namely the Jets, that are desperate for a quarterback. And uh, I, in that situation, I'm, hell, they might get a first-round pick for Kirk Cousins at this point. Uh, so, anyway, what do you got on this game? Yeah, I, in general, I don't like to mess around with games where there's, uh, you know, you can call it controversy, turmoil. You can call it uh, where's the motivation. Because, like, we don't know. You know, we don't know how much the the team likes Staley for the Chargers. And will they come out and fight for him? Or do they kind of want him to go? And on the other side, you know, what's the motivation, you know, for, for does Cousins want to leave town? Does he want to stay? Like, I mean, there's so much unknown. Well, he knows he's leaving after the year. So how much has he invested? Right. Not right. him personally. He's invested in doing a good job. I mean, this dude is a standard dude. He's going to do everything that he can to do well. Yeah. But. So, so yeah. I mean, without knowing and having inside information, I just, you know, I don't. I'm just going to play it down down the middle uh, and and just view them as football teams. Now, I would never pick a game like this in the contest, just because you're you're guessing, you know, what's going on in people's minds and and motivation for that particular game. Um, but as far as on the field, I like Minnesota's two losses much better, obviously, than. You know, the Chargers two losses, even though the Chargers have lost two games, they, they could have won. Um, it's <clears throat> there's just something about, you know, like if I did have to pick a side on turmoil and and, and what's going on inside that those locker rooms, uh, I would lean to Minnesota because I just I don't I don't think the players like this coach. He's clearly not gotten through to them on X's and O's and kind of his plan and, and things like that. So, you know. I'm going to lean to Minnesota in this game. I I have been watching and trying to catch both sides of it. Like, if it can get to one or certainly one and a half either way, grab that teaser. Tease it up to seven, seven and a half, and then maybe it swings to the other side later in the week, and you can catch a one, one and a half the other way. And now you're sitting on two plus sevens going both ways, maybe plus seven and a half, and you try to catch that middle on, on teasers. But other than that, man, like, like you said, it's – who the fuck knows where motivation lies in this one? It's a coin flip game. I'm going to lean to the home team just because I trust that locker room and that quarterback more right now. Yeah, uh, it's funny you compared the losses. So if you look at their win share per DVOA, the Vikings should have 0.7 wins right now and the Chargers should have 0.8. So yeah, it's just, just so they're just yeah. they're it's, the same. Yeah, and. The algorithms here are in agreement on Minnesota. Uh, they went the algorithms went five and two last week on agreement, so they're starting to heat up a little bit after a slow 
Start on week one, look at the buckets. The Chargers fall into one of our 33% cover buckets, so not good for them there at all. Overall, though, this is two of the worst luck teams in the NFL playing each other. Now, Minnesota had the best luck last year, obviously. We've told you guys so many times going into this year, they're going to have terrible luck. It's not going to be a good year. You've already seen it play out and through two weeks. Um, I checked through the trends, two winless teams playing each other, blah, 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 week three. It's literally all coin flips. There's nothing there that I found. Um, we have the under on both these teams for season wins, so I hope they tie, <laughs> honestly. That'd be great. Uh, you do have noontime cousins, though, so you got that for Minnesota. Yeah. And if the Chargers do not have a winning record at the end of the year, that's another vote for Cousins because he does not do well with teams versus versus teams that end up with a winning record. I think he's I think about 30% for his career winning these games straight up, which this is going to be a straight-up win one way or the other. That's who's going to cover this spread, obviously. So if the Chargers are going to be this bad all year, that's another positive note for Cousins. But for me, this is a pass on the most passiest game I've ever seen in my fucking life. And you know, if you, if there's something that you want to use to sway you, like like what I'm trying to, I'm trying to look for anything that can point me in any direction. Well, you've got 60% of the tickets coming in on the Chargers, and 66% of the cash coming in on Minnesota. So you know, if you're looking for something to, you know, like a final thing to sway you, that's that's always a good way to look. It it does feel like Minnesota is just a little bit of the sharper side, and only because the loser leave town perspective. You know, like I said, Kurt Cousins is a professional. He tries very hard at what he does. You know, he is professional through and through. If you watch the quarterback show, man, I don't. You know, that dude works so fucking hard. He's a fourth round pick. It's hard to say anything bad about him. He's going to do and prepare as best he can. So him being on the trading block, you know, even if he's heard that, that's not going to bother him. It's not going to change his routine. No. But and as a trade coach. Him, they'll trade him anyways, If even if he does play. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't plays, matter. If he plays yeah. great, you know, whatever. If they lose, they're going to trade him anyway. But we'll we all know when a coach gets on this position, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's either the Sharks start circling – you know, or like you said, do the players love this dude and fight for him? So we're gonna find out. So and, and yeah, and I've we'll not, find I mean, out. Is there anything you've seen from the Chargers that shows you that they like this coach? I mean, as on on defense, there's nothing. I mean, they haven't played very well. That is that's for damn sure. Nope. <laughs> All right, moving on. Those Cleveland Browns. Oh man, they lost a stinker in Pittsburgh on Monday. Thank you very much. But they are three-and-a-half-point consensus favorites, home favorites now over the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, this one, do, can you tell me what this opened at? I mean, I know that Cleveland played Monday, so it's it's a little trickier on that. But you know what the open was on this? I will find that out. Give me one second. Yeah, I just don't. Um, this seems too easy, and I don't like it when it's when it, when it seems too easy. It feels trappy. There's something fishy about this. I mean, you're getting Vrabel. Plus three and a half against a team that, you know, from what we've seen, there's not a whole lot of separation in there, especially when you factor in Cleveland's injuries because it, I mean, Chubb is one, one thing that's, we all saw that we know about that, but they got, they got destroyed on defense with injuries on Monday night. They got beat the fuck up and you'll have to check, you know, injury so it, report. it opened at four and a half. That was the world open. So down, so down a point from that. 
Okay, so yeah, so all the money's coming in on Tennessee. So yeah, I just grab grab Tennessee before it hits three because I I mean it, it's it's I guess it's trending that way, but you know I don't I don't get it because Cleveland's going to be there. First of all, it's a short week, a physical matchup against a division rival, and they're coming right back against another very physical team that is great against the run, and we'll see if Cleveland even has a running game. Um, going forward without Chubb, I mean Ford. Well, they did be, last week. Yeah, Ford should be fine. But you know how it is. Like sometimes they like immediately after an injury, you don't really get the effect, and then as the weeks go on, you start to see the the missing uh, piece of that of whatever that position was played. But I mean, like I said, it just seems too easy to take Tennessee plus four and a half, Tennessee plus four, Tennessee plus t- three and a half. Unless I'm missing something, I don't get it. And I don't like I don't like it when I don't understand it. So, but I am going to lean to Tennessee. I'm not going to hit the sound or anything like that because this game scares me. It just kind of scares me. Yeah. So the buckets are all Tennessee. Tennessee is in our dogs decrease uh, from the summer line. So so far this year, let me find that on the board here. Uh, I know it's doing very well. Where the fuck is that at? Sorry. Oh, there we go. Five and two. Five and two through two weeks, so dogs decreasing. Again, this is a first quarter, so first four-week-only bucket that we have, but it's 61.6% uh, since 2019. No, sorry, 2020 is when they released so the last three seasons, and obviously it's hitting over that clip at this point. Tennessee was in that bucket last week, obviously. Well, obviously, they covered uh, that game. And then Cleveland has fallen into a 29% bucket that we have covering. So everything, everything, everything leaning Tennessee that way, which you've seen the market come from 4.5 down to 3.5. Now on the numbers side, it's a no call in the power rankings. Uh, both these team offense, offenses are putrid. Both bottom 25% of the league in DVOA. But Cleveland's defense is fucking legit, and it is goddamn nasty. I know you said we had some injuries there. But how many were any of them to the defensive front? Well, Zadarius Smith is questionable now. You know, usually questionable plays. Um, that dude you know, seems like he's always questionable. Yeah, and and that's you know like they play with this 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 thing all the time now because I don't think um, I don't think that there's a problem. There is anymore. no more probable, no. right? So you know it, it makes it actually harder because it used to be like okay, you know, probable is not is playing. You know, doubtful is not. And then questionable, you know, you got a good sense on it's it. It's questionable. Yeah, up to, but you got a, a sense of it. And now you don't have a sense because questionable and probable are lumped together, so it's hard. But but Greg Newsom, questionable. Uh, Ward, the quarter, uh, cornerback, questionable. Linebacker, Walker, questionable. And, of course, Zadarius Smith. So, like, even if they all play, they're coming in banged up. Now, this, you know, it's getting the time of year where everybody's going to be banged up a little bit. I get that, but... You know, this is this is some cluster injuries on defense. I just don't. I, I mean, I don't. I don't understand. I've, anything over three, I'm taking so, Tennessee. So here is, I think, some parts that probably should, in, you know, it should scare you from a numbers perspective. So if you look at DVOA win share, Cleveland is sitting at one and a half. They absolutely should have won that game against Pittsburgh. Twenty first downs to nine, four hundred mm. yards to two fifty five. They won the turnover battle four to two, but somehow they found a way to Browns that game away because their two turnovers were directly 
resulted in 14 points the other fucking way. Meanwhile, Tennessee, they're one and one. They have a .4 win share through two games. So they shouldn't even won the game that they fucking won. They won a very tight coin flip versus San Diego last week. Uh, they were completely dominated statistically by New Orleans the week before. They made the final score look good, and it was a tight game in the end. Yeah, but that's what they do. This still feels like a coin flip game to me. The Titans have had some very you know, good early season luck going, and the Browns will always be the Browns. Um, but if I had to lean one way, I, I would actually lean with the home team with the better defense, especially we saw what the Titans' offense looks like against a good defense in New Orleans. If if the Browns are healthy, or at least healthy-ish, Tannehill, he cannot deal with the pass rush at all. This Cleveland pass rush is fucking nasty. And if they get after his ass, and they've been pretty good against the run, and they run the ball on everybody, the fucking – I mean, they ran the ball for like almost six yards a clip against Pittsburgh. Like, they're going to run the – they're going to run up Tennessee's ass – and no, nobody runs on ten. Like no, they're not going to run on Tennessee. That they might score on Tennessee, but they're not. They're not. And but I do agree that like if you look at Tannehill against New Orleans Week One, he was terrible. New Orleans has a good pass rush. Week Two against the Chargers, they're supposed to have a good pass rush. But looking at PFF scores, they don't right now. They're they're terrible. And well, I know that was up. the biggest part of your handicap was that. The Chargers did not have the pass rush that New Orleans presented, so Tannehill would have time. Yeah, but he you're right. He probably won't this week. Uh, no. So, yeah, I, I could see it getting – I could see it getting ugly, but then again, that's these are the games that Tennessee kind of hangs around. They just they just hang around. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree overall with your sentiment. It is definitely a coin flip. I would just – I would lean to the home team and the better defense personally. Neither one of them can score the fucking ball, so just – <laughs> give, me, give me the team with the fucking better defense and the one that's at home. And, you know, Cleveland's got to be – I mean, they're both – they're one and one They're both the same motivation for wins. That's It's it's equal at that point. First one to ten wins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. My Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, they're hosting the Houston. That's Houston with an H. Texans, and they are consensus eight-and-a-half point home favorites. Oh man, down to eight and a half. Um, well, there's there's still now yeah, there there's still some nine. There's even nine and a half out there. Let me look at what. Let's see what they're posted the contest. Sorry, uh, they're at nine in the contest. Let's call it nine. Yeah, let's call it nine, and let's also call it the danger zone game of the week. Yeah, this is uh, – look, we're going to get ugly here. We're going to get real ugly and real uncomfortable in this game. We're going to take Houston to hang around in this game. I have been very unimpressed with Jacksonville this year. I was not high on them coming into the year. So I'm sticking to some priors a little bit there until they prove me wrong. Um, you know, Stroud, Stroud looks like he might have a clue when it comes to playing the quarterback position and when you have a when you're taking a big dog number eight nine ten plus uh like this you're you're expecting a backdoor cover you're not expecting a huge dog like this to win the game you're expecting that backdoor cover and the two things you need for a backdoor cover is a competent quarterback and a team that doesn't quit 
Okay, and I feel like Stroud, through two weeks at least so far, has shown that he has a clue. And and throwing for 384 last year tells me that you know he, whether it's prevent whatever, who cares? Like that's what you're going to get in a in a big spread game. He can chew up those yards and get those points when when it's a backdoor situation. And as far as the quit, I have no doubt that the coach for, for Houston can motivate this team and keep them from quitting on this season, much like Campbell did last year. Um, so, you know, it's the division game. It's just a little bonus in there, familiarity with the teams. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I love that. This is one of the very few games that I actually love this week is Houston. All right, so let me ask you real quick before I get in. I got a lot of good stuff to support you, but my biggest concern is, and you're my roster guy, a uh, lot of injuries on Houston's offensive line last week in that game. So what does that look? Are they out, or how compromised are we on the offensive line? Well, go ahead and do your thing, and I'll pull up. But I'll just say they've they've been hurt all year, so it's I don't know how how much it can change. Honestly, so they, they haven't been healthy on the line all year. But go ahead with yours. All right, so looking at the buckets, uh, Houston doesn't fall in any buckets. Jacksonville does fall into one of our 64% buckets. Uh, however, uh, that bucket is 1-1 one one so far in the season. we got two teams in that this week. So math would tell you both of them are going to cover, so that is not positive for Houston. But beyond that, uh, teams before the week, the week before they travel to London, 26-38-1 ATS, Jacksonville, uh, obviously, is going to London next week, and I personally hope that Jacksonville loses because that will knock a shit ton of people out of Survivor this week. <laughs> so I am definitely rooting for Houston. Now the numbers are split, but what's not split here is the dominance that Houston has had in Jacksonville Longhorn since 2012. And you got to remember, both these teams have been shitty for a long time, mm-hmm. outside of like a year here and a year there. So let's just call it even. Two shitty teams in the division. Houston in Jacksonville since 2012. 8-2 straight up. 7-3 ATS versus Jacksonville in Jacksonville. The last time they didn't cover was in 2020. And the last time they actually lost a game in Jacksonville was in 2017. They are Mm. plus 4.65 ATS margin. With an average line of around once. They're winning this game straight up by about four points a fucking game. Wow. And since 2012, Division Dogs on the road are 16-11 and 11 ATS in week three, specifically. 59.3%. And if you move that line, so you, that's just dogs, period, of any, any amount. If you take that line and move it up to seven and less than ten, which is right where this is going to fall, those dogs are 3-0 ATS with a 10-point ATS margin and 2-1 and straight up. So it is absolutely Houston or pass for me, and the only reason why I would pass it would be whatever's going on with their offensive line. I know that it got pretty banged up last week. Yeah, it looks um, the the roster one thing that I use, it actually puts Tunsil in the red. He's listed as questionable. Yeah, uh, fuck. But I will say this. Like they traded for Josh Jones, the tackle from Arizona in the preseason. If if Tunsil's out, he'll slide in the left tackle. And he last year, Josh Jones, this is the tackle I'm talking about. He didn't grade much lower than Tunsil. Uh Tunsil has really high pass blocking grades. 
Uh, but his overall grade, even though he's considered one of the better tackles in the game, it's been slowly declining. And it's only sitting at 63.1 right now, PFF. Um, so I don't, and the rest of the line is the same as what it what it's been. So I, to me, it's a non-factor, you know, like, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd prefer him be out there, but it, it's not enough to, to change anything for me, really. So one more question in this game before we get off of it. Uh, obviously, Kansas City won for us last week, covered for us last week, but their offense still didn't exactly function great uh, against Jacksonville's defense. So was I didn't watch the game. Was that what Jacksonville was doing on defense? Was Kansas City still kind of out of sync? I'm still trying to get a, a, a grip on how good this Jacksonville defense is. Well, no, I did watch that game, and Kansas City has a major tackle problem. Um, I believe one of the tackles had uh, five penalties and got benched for a series or two last week against Jacksonville. Is that bad, though? It's not good, and it's ne- neither one of them are doing doing good. Donovan Smith, who they brought in, who I thought was washed, uh, they brought him in to play left tackle. They signed, of course, um, the guy from Jacksonville, yeah, from Jacksonville to come over and play right tackle. They're just getting penalties left and right. And, you know, if you're looking at the grades for Jacksonville, Josh Allen, the DN for for him, for Jacksonville, he's awesome. He's always been awesome. So you expect that from him. Outside of that, Trayvon Walker still sucks. He, he's right in the 50s. He's he's a complete bust. Like he, he's just a, at this point, like I, I never liked him. He was always when he played out of position. He's a complete non-factor in football games. Now, the rest of the defense does grade out really well. Might be a little too early for for grades like this, but watching that game with Kansas City, there were opportunities for Kansas City all over the field. Uh, the receivers played a little bit better, but there's still just something missing on that Kansas City def- offense. It's still just not clicking just right. You know, now this is Houston, so you know it's not like they're it's not like they're going to be great on offense. But if he can just get. If he gets, but they've shown the ability to move the ball and score the ball, so that's kind of a little bit of my concern. If if Jacksonville's defense, uh, I guess I was trying to see like, is there some holes there that they can exploit? Because we're still talking about a rookie quarterback in his third game. Yeah, run the fucking ball. Like I mean, like like when Kansas City's finally decided to run the ball, it opened everything up. So you know, if they can run the ball up the middle, this this soft middle is is the weakness on Jacksonville at least so far. Do that. Open up the the passing game. They, Houston's finally working in Tank Dell much much more than they did in the first game. Uh, you know he was obviously the the preseason darling for them. Uh, you didn't see much of him in week one, but last week they unleashed him. Him and Nico Collins. They he seems to be they seem to be favorite targets for Stroud. You know they got the weapons on offense. They got Pierce at running back. They got Schultz at tight end. They've got the weapons to hang in this game. I don't think they can win this game. Um, but yeah, who is Jacksonville to be laying this, this big of points? Yeah. My only, and my last concern would be that Jacksonville's ranked eight right now in DVOA on defense and 23rd on offense. And that's actually where you want to be. If you want to be a contender at this point, because offense always comes a little bit slower, especially with a younger group like this, younger quarterback trying to come together. But if they're going to play that kind of defense and then that, Offense gets humming and gets in, you know, around that 10, 9, 10 range. Yikes, later on. But right now, I agree with you, Jacksonville is scuffling, and uh, everything points to me to Houston. Like I said, it's Houston or pass for me. 
Yeah, just go get that back door, Stroud. <laughs> It'll be there. All right. Uh, no, that was the last Houston quarterback that liked to get the back door. No, he went through the front door of the massage room. That's right. Never mind. Take Move any door. Not. Take any door. All right. Oh, it's those New York J-E-T-S. Jacks, Jacks, Jacks. And they're hosted. Oh, the 0-2 Patriots. Two and a half point home dogs, though, still. Yeah, this is a uh, pretty simple game for me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna overthink this one. Wilson is 0-4 ATS versus New England, and if you want to be, if you want to be the guy that bets Belichick to go 0-3 and, and Zach Wilson to be two and one, be my guest. I'm not doing it. <laughs> uh, uh, under two, under three points is that two and a half? Yeah, I got to lean to New England. All right, uh, looking at. So, do any one of these teams fall into buckets? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, the Patriots are actually in our 59% bucket that has actually gone 7-4 and four this year so far, so better than 59%. So that's good for New England. The Jets don't fall into anything up there on the board. Now, home versus division in Week 3, and your opponent is 0-2. You would think, ah, good for the home team. Nah. Three and seven ATS with an average margin, ATS margin minus 2.7, but that is with being an average fave of minus four and a half. So as a dog, one and one ATS, but that is with an average ATS margin of negative 9.75 and a line of 4.8. So an 0 and 2 straight up and losing by 14 and a half points a game. So not good for the Jets. And since you mentioned it, but I'm going to repeat it. Since the arrival of the McCookie Monster and Zach Wilson. Zach, oh, sorry, I wrote, Zach, I want to fuck your mom, Wilson. That's his official middle name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Belichick's 4-0 straight up and ATS, covering by 13 points a game and winning by 18. Yeah, it's time for the past to figure this out. Other season's done. Yeah, it's New England or, no, it's just in New England. Yeah, I'm just just real quick. I've I've got the offensive line pulled up for the Jets, and if I mean I'm not going to average it all out, but if I were to, it's in the 50s, and that's not good. Who who's their le- who's their left tackle that was supposed to have been really good? Well, I mean he's it, he used to be good, Dwayne Brown, but he's like no he's no like, no I'll get the other guy then. I'm oh, you mean back then who they drafted to be good? Yes. Yeah, he's, He's coming in at a 44.4. He was yeah. getting his fucking ass whipped by the Cowboys <laughs> all day long. Well, a lot of people will against the Cowboys, but yeah, he's not good. And period. against Buffalo, too. He was yeah, terrible. He, he's not good. They're, they're in trouble. They're, they're, they've got problems. Uh, and, you know, the interior is supposed to be good, but McGovern is grading terrible. Tomlinson, who they brought over from San Francisco a couple years ago, he's still grading terrible. That's, that's a two-year trend on that. So they got problems. Yeah, problems, but their defense is really good. All right, moving on. Oh, yeah. Those Green Bay Packers. Now consensus, two-point home favorites over my New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I, again, this feels this feels fishy. This feels trappy. Maybe I'm going to take the bait on this one, but hit that sounder. I am, I, I'm I'm going to stick with my priors on this one. This is a priors, you know, stick to from me. Love has faced Chicago and Atlanta. And, you know, he was pretty good in both. He was really good against Chicago. Against Atlanta, he was good early. But if you watch that game, it was some trickery. There was some there were some things that you're not always going you, you know, they they 
They fooled Atlanta's defense on a couple of plays. That's not always something you can rely on. And then here's the thing that, that bothered me. When Atlanta got the lead, Love looked lost. Okay, so that's the first time he's played from behind all year, and it did not look good. Now, this New Orleans this New Orleans defense is going to be by far the best defense he's played so far. Now, luckily, they're at home, and that, that's, that's a boost for Green Bay. And they, they might get Christian Watson back. He's still listed as questionable. We'll see how that goes throughout the week. But, you know, I, I didn't I wasn't high on Green Bay coming into the year. Um, obviously I've upgraded them, you know, through a couple of games a little bit, but New Orleans, you know, I was a little down on them too, but but they've shown that their defense is awesome still. And I don't think we've seen near what they can be on offense yet. And I don't we probably won't until Kamara gets in there. Um, so they might just be the type of team until he gets in there that they have to grind out these wins and uh, and play close games, play defense, and don't make any mistakes. But I trust Carter to not make the mistakes, and, and I don't necessarily trust Love yet. So, you know, the fact that they're getting to, I wouldn't bet it yet because you can tell me, but I think this is just keeps going up, Bocephus. So just let it keep going up. You know, if you get if you gets up to two and a half, fine, take it two and a half. Maybe it gets all the way to three. I doubt it, but maybe it does. But, yeah, I'm – I'm picking New Orleans to win this game. It feels trappy, but I'm going to take it. Yeah, it's painted two across the board right this second. So the market has settled, uh, but it has been moving towards uh, New Orleans for sure. Now, on the bucket side, there's only one, and it's New Orleans that are in a 50-50 bucket. <clears throat> so that's a good spot to be for a dog. Now, Green Bay's offense, like through two weeks, like you said, has not been an issue. In fact, it's way better than it was fucking last year. Six in DVOA. And their defense has been above average. 11 in the DVOA. But like you said, this is the best defense they will face in New Orleans uh, by far, you know, so far in the season. So good challenge for the Packers here. I am interested to see how loving this offense plays versus them. Now, on the New Orleans side, their offense has been a fucking mess. 21st in DVOA. And that's against two average defenses so far but again like i said now Carr's obviously not a young player on offense but first year new team new system this is really where you want to be if you want to build towards a contender later in the year in this situation really good on defense which they are i think fourth in dvoa and not great on offense but you're still squeaking out wins it's exactly where you want to be now they haven't 1.6 win share through two weeks. So they've been a little uh, lucky to get the two wins. Green Bay also has a 1.6 win share. So they've been a little bit unlucky. So really for me, this is a kind of wait and see game. I really want to see the Saints take that step and go beat an above average team as Green Bay has played so far on the road as a dog. And or I wouldn't want to see... Okay, love, what can you do against a really good defense? You're at home. You are favored. Can you hold your water and go win this game? So that it's it's a big kind of uh, measuring stick game for me on this one. Now, one trend on this game. Since 2012, undefeated teams in week three, as road dogs, line between one and four, are seven and three ATS, with an ATS margin of eight and a half. And it's seven and three straight up, winning each game by five and a half points. So this game actually goes for New Orleans and Atlanta. So not 
bad money line dogs on either one of those teams this week, boys and girls, if you're looking for some round robin action. And and back you know, Bakhtiari does not play um is is it he won't play on turf. He'll play right? on turf, so he'll play at home. Yeah, he'll play only at home or on grass on the road. Yeah, which is Totally fucking ridiculous. I don't understand how he even gets away with that, but whatever. But he will be in there in this game, and they're going to fucking need him because this New Orleans defense is for real. It, you know, that was that's one thing. You know, you and I kind of butted heads a little bit on the preseason pods. I just knew with Dennis Allen coach that would be consistent. My biggest worry, I was high on New Orleans. You weren't as high on them. My biggest worry was how would David Carr assimilate with his offense? Obviously, not very well so far. I'm hoping for my futures that that gets better, but we'll see. They better fix the offensive line because, you know, it's – He's it's, getting his fucking ass whipped back there constantly. It's been I really mean, bad. I mean, the right guard, Ruiz, Ruiz who they drafted a, maybe first round, or certainly second round out of Michigan a few years ago. He's – I mean, a 33 – like I know it's early, but you're you're oh, great, dude. You're grading I, out thirty three. I was actually watching some of that game, and the and I think I texted you and I or the buddy. Their, their whole interior, from right guard, center, and left guard, were getting their fucking asses handed to them. I mean, almost on every play, it was just it was a shit show. Not good. Not good. They got to get better there. All right, moving on. Those Miami Dolphins. Holy shit. Mm. Six and a half point home favorites over those goddamn Denver Broncos. Uh, side note, if you listen to the recap podcast, you know we, Longhorn and I both took a big kick in the nuts on the Broncos. Uh, Longhorn got knocked out of his survivor. I fucking, that put me two and three in the super contest. But uh, just for a note, that also knocked out 900 people in the circus survivor uh, <laughs> in Vegas. So, Quite a few people are pissed the fuck off at the Broncos right about now. Like I said, six and a half point road dogs. What do you got on this game? Yeah, I'm glad you set it up that way because that's exactly, you know, like like you just you already know how this goes. Like you have to take Denver here. I know it sucks. I know you it's like yeah, I mean everybody if you go bet Miami, fine. Go go bet them. They might win. They might blow them out. You know, but that's what every you know, everybody that's going up to the window is gonna be betting Miami. I don't want to be on that side. I'm not saying that I necessarily want to bet Denver, but if I was forced to, you know, that that's that's the you just you just can't. This is the NFL. Like these this these teams are not Denver's not as bad as they've looked. They're not that bad. So, you know, you're buying if you're buying Miami right now, you're probably buying them at their highest price. And if you're and if you're, you know, and and if you're buying Denver, you're getting them probably at their lowest price. So that's kind of the way I look at this. I'm gonna. It's a forced lean for me. When things go like this, you just have to look to the to the team that everybody else is running away from. Um, so you know, but but with that said, like you know, <laughs> on the field, it's it could get ugly. You know, like that Denver's problem really has been on defense. It's not you know they've scored enough points, and you can tell me what the, what the rankings are and all that stuff, but like. They're scoring enough points to win these games, but the defense is it, like last. I can't explain what happened last week against Washington and Sam Howell on the road. Like, how does your defense in a pin your ears back situation with a three touchdown lead? How does that happen? 
You've got pass rushers on this team. This is a good defense from last year, and everybody returned. I really can't explain anything what's going on with Denver, but like I said, muscle memory, stuff like this, I'm going to take the team that everybody else is running from and take those points. What do you got? Yeah, so that's a great point on the offense. Uh, seventh in DVOA on offense, 30th on defense. 30th. <laughs> what the, the fuck? And they were great last year. Yeah, they're they're almost always fucking great on defense. So I can't explain that part either. And everybody's shitting on Russell Wilson. And look. He, he deserves it. Well, so, actually, so. no. No. I mean, if you look at the stats, he's like, I didn't write it down. I actually think maybe a different part I did for contrast. But he's actually like top 10 CPOA plus, his, uh, plus, CPOA plus uh, EPA. And then I think he's like top. He's like number 15 in QBR. He hasn't been the problem. Like you said, the offense has been the problem. It's been the goddamn defense. Like, they can't fucking hold a lead. If you look at their implied wins, it's at .7. So they've gotten unlucky to be 0-2. Miami's at 1.8, so they're right on. You know, they're 2-0. They're fine. That They deserve that. Now, if you look at the buckets, uh, there is – the Denver is in the same buckets as Saints, so 50-50. So, again, good spot to have a dog when you got a good coin flip there. And the numbers are split on this one, so that just goes to go ahead and tell you that you know they're right where they should be with the line. Now, winless versus undefeated, week three, if you just pull that trend, it's 50-50. However, if you make the line four and a half to six and a half, so in that range, the favorite is 0-4 ATS with a negative nine points per game ATS margin, two and two straight up. Look, this is Denver's last stand for their season. They're 0-2 at home, mind you, at home. Yeah. And one of them was in the division. So, in other words, they literally have to steal two fucking wins somewhere on the schedule if they want any chance of making the fucking playoffs. They don't have to cover that. They've got to win this. They have to find a way to win this football game or their season is fucking over. Yeah, and, you know, there was a little bit of a blueprint laid out last week with Belichick, that three-stack that three stack safety look. I've never seen anybody really do that the way he was, the way he was doing it. Um, so we'll see if anybody copycats that and tries to throttle down Tariq Hill's just explosiveness, and maybe you can hang in a game. You got a shot at the end to win, kind of like New England had a shot to tie it up at the end of last week. All right, Longhorn, we're going to keep it moving. We're going to those Washington Redskins somehow pulling out that win last week. Oh, they're at home, and they are six-and-a-half-point home dogs to those Let's Go Buffalo Bills. Yeah, this is, um, if if you listen to the Monday pod, I think this is one of the ones I talked about that I already teased Buffalo down. Yeah, I did, because I said there's no way that uh, Washington's going to go 3-0. and yeah. Uh, yeah, so I took Buffalo down already on tees. I don't feel great about, you know, Buffalo just laying six and a half points against this, this Washington team. And, uh, but, but there are, there are some conflicting things. So like, you know, Josh Allen, when he wins games, he always, it seems like he always covers big. And I think that the stat was 43 of Josh Allen's 57 NFL wins are by seven or more. So a large majority of his wins, when he does win, they go like last week went. So, 
you know, it's it's not literally it's tough to to do, you know, to go against that if you think they're going to win the game. <clears throat> but I will say this, the recipe that Redskins have on defense, it's although it's not as good as the Jets, it's the same type of recipe where they're going to get after the quarterback with their front four, dominant front four. Chase Young sighting last week, by the way, had had one and a half sacks. He he might be ready to come back and be, you know, a player again. If that happens, they got four dominant pass rushers across the front line, and that that allows them to flood the zone, frustrate Josh. Uh, so that is the recipe to 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 win and get a cover against Josh. But like I said, I I feel more comfortable with the tease down, and if I had to play a side, I would probably lean to you know Washington. And buck that trend with Allen, which that just staring at that number just looks ridiculous. So I wouldn't feel great about it. All right. Well, looking at the buckets, Buffalo falls into 71% cover buckets. Um, so really good sign for them there. And then last week, you know, we told you that when Josh Allen has a terrible game, he bounces back big time. And he did. And he usually, you know, doesn't go back to the Wyoming dummy for a while after that if you look at his stat line. So he usually, you know, kind of learns his lesson, comes back to fucking in the middle, and he plays good for a while. And then eventually he'll fuck up again. But, you know, I don't think that happens this week. And, you know, just like last week, we told you that Washington would fall behind early. They did. How the fuck Denver gave up that lead, I don't know. But they're going to do the same thing this game because that's just what they do. The difference is Buffalo is not going to fucking let up. They're bullies, and Washington is a team that gets fucking bullied. And despite all the negativity around Buffalo, it was so far, oh my God, the sky's falling, Buffalo. Yeah, they're number three overall in DVOA. They're still a great team, and their defense is three, their offense is eight. Their offense is going to be either, I don't know, two, three by the end of the year. It's Bills or pass. It's Bills or it's, it's Bills or pass. They're... They're probably going to kick the shit out of them. Washington's not going 3-0. and Like you said, when Josh Allen, when he wins, he covers. This usually gets nasty. I can see it getting nasty. So, bills are passed. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, your Detroit Lions. Ah. Ooh, took a shot last week. But you called it. They're yeah. minus three. Three-point home favorites versus those hot Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, if you could look up what that line opened at for me, um, yeah, Ve- uh, v- Vegas ha- hung a bad number to start to start this week off. S- Detroit was always going to lose that game last week. Like that was, I, I feel bad even taking credit for that sounder because, of course, they were going to lose that game. They're coming off the game of their lives in opening primetime Thursday night in Kansas City and had 10 full days to just bask in that glory. They were always going to lose last week to Seattle. Now, this week, you know, you eat a little humble pie. Um, did you get the opening number yet? Um, we're, uh, opened at six. That is ridiculous. That is so ridiculous. I, like, when you see Vegas make a mistake like that, they're going to keep lowering this number to get as much Detroit money as they need to make up for that gi- ginormous mistake that they made. And, and I don't know if it's going to work because 
any pro that grab that grabs six for Atlanta is now going to grab minus three for Detroit or minus two and a half or whatever it gets to and have a huge middle. So they made a mistake on this game. Um, I've, I've got a ticket on Atlanta already above the three. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see where you this still line. still get a three and a half quite a bit, but minus yeah. 115. But then the threes I see laid are minus, 15, minus 115 and even minus 120. So it, it's pretty solidly right there, about 3.25. Yeah, I would love I would love to grab you know a nice little middle and maybe it lands on a field goal and I can hit both. Um, I do think it's going to come down to the end. I don't think Detroit is a great team. I'm worried about. Look, if you think that if you think that the David Montgomery injury just all of a sudden means that they're going to put Gibbs in and he's going to get 25 touches, no. Like I mean, I'm sorry that they've proven that either he's not ready for that role or they don't want him in that role. So. I don't know who's going to get those. I mean, he'll get he'll get a boost. He'll get some more touches. Don't get me wrong, but he's not getting 19 carries and eight catches in this game. It's not happening. They're not using him like that so far. So I don't expect that. So I do expect this this offense for Detroit to be somewhat limited, which is kind of what they've been this year. It's been a little bit of a struggle, even though they have a really good offensive line. Sometimes they struggle to score. It's not as pretty as it should be if you have explosive weapons on the outside. They just don't have it yet. Um, and, and and Atlanta does have a, a decent defense. You know, it's shown that it, the the people they brought in in the offseason, it's shown that it's worked. It's it's a good looking defense. So you know, anything over three, I'm taking Atlanta. Anything under three, I'm taking Detroit. And you you hope to get that middle. All right. Well. Atlanta is in the good bucket of dogs decreasing. Again, this is not from the world over. This is from the summertime lines that they put out for all 18 games where we measure this from. Again, 5-2 and two so far, and this is a first quarter bucket, but they are in it. Uh, Detroit is not in any buckets this week. Uh, but against Atlanta, teams the week before they travel to London, again, 26-38-1, ATS, Atlanta plays Jacksonville in London next week. But they also have the same trend that I gave out on New Orleans uh, earlier, so very good for Atlanta there. By the power rankings, this is a no call. Um, now that it's gotten down, I graded it at, I think, three and a half. So bottom line for me on this one, though, is Detroit has to win this game if they're serious about making the playoffs and winning the division. And the kneecapper always talks about wanting to play physical, and you know what? His defense has been very solid against the run in the first two weeks. Uh, his secondary, though, remains shitty, as it has been since he's been there. But Atlanta can't throw the fucking ball. They just can't. Right. Ritter sucks. Now, they will punch you in the fucking mouth with the running game. They're averaging 170 points. or 170 points. 170 yards per game at almost a five yards per carry clip. So, to me, it's kind of strength on strength there. Atlanta, or Detroit is really good at scoring the ball at home, but all the pressure at this point is on the Lions. Atlanta's already playing with house money, so it is time for the Lions to step up. If they want to be legit, they should win and cover this game. If they if they really want to put their foot in the ground and say, this division is ours, this is a game that they have to fucking win. But I will say, you were high on both these – well – I had Detroit win the division also, but you were way higher on Atlanta than me. Oh, well, maybe a game. But either way, 
you were definitely higher on Atlanta than me uh, on the preseason, and you have been proven right so far. Uh, so I put them in the playoffs, you know, just because. The well, yeah, you, then you're way higher. So well, I had the the Rams were my last team. They're eight and nine, so I guess I guess we're about the same on that. But yeah, uh, look, I mean, Atlanta Atlanta is already in the driver's seat to to do what you said they were going to do. Detroit obviously is not in the driver's seat to do what we both said they were going to do. That you got you got you have you can't lose two games a row in a, at home as a favorite if you want to be legitimate division contenders. You just cannot fucking do it. No, you can't lose to a Ritter who is grading out at forty five point two at quarterback in the NFL. That's he's generous. A, and I mean, it's just he's thirty one out of thirty three quarterbacks graded in PFF. Like you can't lose to a guy like that. At home. Especially yeah. when you score the ball at like 26 points a game per clip at home. Like, he's he's not going to be able to do that. And yeah. and their only thing they do well is run. That's all they can do is he cannot throw the ball. So, it, Detroit has to, has to, has to win this game. Like I said, Atlanta does have the one bucket in their favor, which has been a very good bucket for us and is a good bucket historically. But for me, this, this – this is another one of those wait and see games early in the year. It's not worth kind of putting my money on or definitely putting either. I did have Atlanta circled as a possible uh, contest play, but after digging through it, I'm like, I mean, they got a lot of things working for them, but God, I mean, if, Detroit, if Detroit's going to fall on their face, and yeah, Atlanta's a great play. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't like Ritter. He's, he's, he's just not good. Not a good quarterback. He's not good. All right, moving on. Somebody is good. Oh, it's those Baltimore Ravens. Glad winning the division. That looks all right right this second. They're seven and a half point home favorites versus those Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I had I had Cleveland win the division. That's 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 taking some blows. That's, that's yeah, they're one of them. They're fine. Yeah, we'll see how the Chubb thing does. But yeah, uh, Watson looks like shit. So that that thing's dead. So yeah, fuck all that. <laughs> It, it was all about Watson, so he he looks like dog shit. So I had him was, making the playoffs too. We'll see yeah. what happens. All right, in this game, I've already teased down Baltimore. I talked about that on Monday. Took them down to one and a half, um, and I do like that. But I also do lean to Indy and these points right here. Baltimore has been, you know, week one they were very unimpressive. Last week they were impressive against against a Cincinnati team. Um, but there's just something about the way that they're playing that isn't striking me as a, a team that I'm scared of, especially with, with a team that has uh, a physical offensive line and a physical defensive line like Indy does. I don't think they're going to be able to, to bully up this Indianapolis team. And I kind of like the fact that it's up in the air, or at least I haven't heard which quarterback is starting for Indy yet because – if I think I think it's going to be Richardson because yeah. if it wasn't, he would be in the concussion protocol. Well, I don't know why they would announce it. So I would never announce it, and I would make them prepare for both these quarterbacks because they're two different styles. So I kind of like the fact that you know, it, you know, they've got to prepare for both, basically. So yeah, seven and a half points. I'm going to lean to that for the game, and I'm going to hopefully cash and and catch that middle with Baltimore minus one and a half on tees. Yeah, you're going to catch that middle. Um, so, buckets, neither team in any buckets here. Uh, bottom line is, if it is Richardson, Baltimore should be the most prepared team in the entire fucking league to be able to play against him in that offense because, you know, 
They've got him, just a smaller version. <laughs> and and the better passer. Let's not besmirch Lamar that bad. Richardson literally is horrible at throwing the fucking ball. Um, Baltimore, you said, kind of not really impressive. Well, they're one of three teams that are actually 2-0 with an actual projected win share of two per DVOA. So, to quote the great late Denny Green, they are who we thought they were! Yeah, it's just something. It's just, I don't know, watching them, I just... I don't know. It just doesn't. It's never pretty, Walter Bot, but they just beat the shit out of people. Maybe it's because they're not running. Like, I mean, you can tell me what they're running. Like, they just don't look like they can run the ball. Uh, I'll have to look that up. But since 2012, teams that are 2-0 ATS after the first two weeks and are favored by seven or more are 8-3 ATS with a plus 4.09 ATS margin. That's with an average line of 12.7. So they're winning by 17 points a game. And the Mm -hmm. only three ATS losses in that 11-game sample, all in division. Not a division game. 10-1 straight up in that, so don't put Indy in any of your money line parlays. It is Mm -hmm. Baltimore or pass for me, and it is probably Baltimore. Mm, All right. All right, moving on. Those Seattle Seahawks. Oh, big win last week on the road. Six-point home favorites versus those whew, woof. Well, thank God they got us the push. Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yeah, this this is a disgusting game. This should actually, yeah, let's make it the Hello Corner TV game. I don't want to watch Carolina. Who was it last year that, that was the auto corner TV game? Was it, was it Washington? No. No, it wasn't Washington. Whatever that uh, Carolina is the is the auto corner TV game team until proven differently. But here's the deal: like Seattle does not, and and again, I don't I don't I don't pull trends. I'm not I'm not numbers guy, but like just off my football knowledge and memory, they're not a team that you want laying numbers like this. So I don't feel good about them either. Uh, I wouldn't want to bet on either one of these teams. It's a complete stay away from me. Uh, let's see if I have anything interesting. You know, yeah, you got a you got a rookie on the road in a hostile environment. I just don't, but but I can't back Seattle. So I'll tease down Seattle. They're at six now. You'll hear you'll hear a bunch of people say you never tease down a six to zero like or you know to to pick them like that. Whatever, but I mean, you can do whatever you want. So yeah, I'm I'm teasing Seattle down to a pick them, but. Other than that, I'm staying away. Yep, I wrote down uh, there. There are no buckets. This is no call by the power rankings. The trends are all coin flips. I'm out. So yeah. that's all I got on that one. Uh-huh. All right, moving on. We got those Arizona Fighting Cardinals. No midget, but goddamn, they got some fight to them. They are a consensus twelve point home dogs. Those Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> They do got some fight to them, and I'm gonna start doing some some roster diving on on Arizona and see like kind of what's going on here at, at some point because it's it's not matching up. The performances on the field through two games, it's early still, is not matching up with the roster that I saw coming in to this season. Um, but you know, I know you're supposed to bet Arizona here. I get it, and Probably if I was forced to, I guess I would hold my nose and do it. I don't, you know, Dallas is a machine right now. Like I don't offense, defense, 
special teams. Like I don't, I don't necessarily want to step in front yeah, of that buzzsaw. Okay, so not the offense. So, um, yeah, I mean, but I'm looking at the offensive line for the Cardinals right now, and I don't know how they score any points. You know, <laughs> besides Connor, who somehow is grading out at an 82 and number two running back so far. If you watch the games, how is he still this good? He's breaking tackles, running away from people, throwing like he's like 90 years old and still just a beast out there on the field. Nobody else is great and good on the offense. I don't know how they're scoring. So yeah, I mean, like, of course I would take that huge number and and hope that you get an off day from that Dallas defense. But yeah, you're you're just you're praying. You're just hoping at that point. You are hoping at that point. Uh, James Conner is still awesome. And like I texted you, he still has to save us from the incoming uh, AI apocalypse from the Terminator. So the man still has a lot of work to do ahead of him. He might be a different Conner, but he is running like a Terminator out there on the field (laughs) for sure. All right, so looking at some buckets here, Arizona falls into our 18% cover bucket, not good. And the 59%, uh, those do kind of overlap a little bit. And generally, that's the teams you knock out of the 59%, and those have been the losers so far. So not great for Arizona. However, I did check two teams that are both 2-0 ATS, but one is 2-0 straight up and the other is 0-2 straight up. Well, I usually do the since 2012 thing, but I had to dig a little deeper. This is the first time since 2006 that that's even happened. So it's been a while. Uh, overall, the dog is 1-2 and two ATS with a negative 6-point ATS margin, but that's an average line of 8.7, losing around 4.5 points a game. That's barely even covering this number. Arizona is in agreement by our power ranking numbers. I can only really lean that way, honestly, and it's because of this. The Dallas offense has not been good. 19th in DBOA. Now, they're the number one DBOA team in the league. But that is because their defense has like, scored a million points at this point, And special teams and everything else. Everything is working for them, except for the offense. The question becomes now, has McCarthy been holding things back? Because he hasn't really had to show anything. They've been cruising. Literally fucking cruising on their defense and special team in these games. I think that's a strong possibility, and I think honestly the cows would be a great contrarian play in the contest. I don't. Nobody's gonna fucking lay this in the contest. I'm just not sure I can pull that trigger. But I when you promise say, when, you, when you say they're bad on like like how does that DVOA or whatever set that was you said that they have on offense like is the fact that they've that they've missed opportunities to be on the field just because the defense is scoring and they're not, they don't have, no, like, it's, it's because the, if you look at their points of that, they have scored their efficiency wise, it's not been very good at all. They've been very actually pretty poor in the red zone. Um, I think, uh, was it their kicker? No, it wasn't their kicker. I'm trying to remember the one part of one game where it's like, Oh shit. They missed another red zone. They, they've been pretty poor in the red zone. Uh, again, it's just an overall efficiency number from expected points added, and they have not added those expected points when they've had their opportunities on offense. But again, you know, is that because McCarthy's pretty much playing it safe? You know, I mean, Dak's been very efficient in what he, what he's been asked to do, so it's not he's not been a problem or anything. 
I mean, CeeDee Lamb had like 11 catches, like 140 yards last week. But again, they just haven't been asked to do very much. And what they have been asked to do, they haven't done it very well. But again, they haven't needed to. So I, I think McCarthy is holding things back personally yeah. in this offense. So Yeah, they've had two huge leads, um, you know, in both yeah. games. So And their defense has a million takeaways. That that continues yet again. I said in the preseason podcast, there's no way they could do that for three years in a row. Well, God damn it, they're doing it. So <laughs> I was obviously wrong on that through the first part. So what I would say about a contrarian play in the contest, if you look at uh, through two weeks, so the top ten plays, so the most popular plays, in other words, seven and three in week one, last week four, five, and one. Last week, the bottom ten plays, and I took out the Thursday night game because if you know anything about this contest, nobody really plays the Thursday night game, so I just call it a wash. I just take it out. So, in other words, the top bottom ten other than the Thursday night, six, three, and one last week, and I can guarantee you the Cowboys come in that bottom ten this week. So, if you got the fucking balls there to pull the cows, the trigger on the cows, I guarantee you, you will get one of those bottom ten plays on that. I don't know if I can do it. It is a big number. But here's the other thing I will say. There are no fucking... There There will be... It'll be 70-30 Cowboys fans to Arizona fans in that stadium. This is not a road game at all other than the travel. So that's a point at best. So, I mean, this is pretty much a true yeah. number as it is. And Arizona is... I know they've covered. I know they fought. Uh, but they've also fought and covered against... The two worst teams in the division. This is one of the two best, if not the best, team in the division. And the Cowboys are just on a whole nother level than the Giants or Redskins could even hope to be on. So we're we're gonna get a, a true test on the Arizona fighting midgetless Cardinals on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. All right, moving on. Those Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, they covered for us last week. Thank you very much. And they're laying 12 and a half goddamn points of those. Huh. Woof, Chicago Bears. Yeah, this is um, this is I com- I completely threw out my handicap on this, and when the when the news came out that all this turmoil is going down for Chicago, that's all I need to hear. I talked about earlier with the um, Minnesota Chargers game. If there's if there's things going on on both sides, you got you got you know some decisions to make. All the turmoil is on one side here. It's the bad team. It's on the road, and a, and a Chiefs team that, you know, like I said, they've they've looked sluggish on offense. Well, one way to cure that is play a team where the defensive coordinator has quit, and their defense sucks anyways. They have no they have no pass rush. They're awful. Yeah, I I would only lay these points. All right, well, I got a little few more details on that. Um... So the buckets, uh, Kansas City falls in the same bucket as Buffalo, the 71%. They also fall in the same bucket as the Jacksonville Jaguars, the 64%. Now, one of those two teams, Jacksonville or um, Kansas City, is going to cover out of that bucket. Just like I told you last week on the trend that we gave out, that was either Jacksonville or Tennessee at home. One of those teams was going to lose. Um, Ended up being Jacksonville. Good for us. Um, so that's going to be about the same story this week. So all the buckets favor Kansas city. 
Yeah, the wheels are already coming off in Chicago. So Justin Fields was asked today in his press conference why he said, this is a previous quote in the press conference, he was thinking too much on the field and not just playing. And he said, and I quote, you know, could be the coaching, I think. <laughs> at the end of the day, they're doing their job when they're giving me what to look at. But at the end of the day, so the day ended twice, mm. I can't be thinking about that when the game comes. I prepare myself through the week, and then when the game comes, it's time to play free at that point. Thinking less and playing more. Now, Longhorn, I know we're not allowed to say this uh, since the whole George Floyd thing, but he is an idiot, and his Wonderlick test sucked, so thinking less for him is probably a good thing. So I agree with young Mr. Fields on that. Yeah. But I do want to recall... Longhorn, your boy, Mitchie Trubisky, had a press conference pretty similar to that the year that Nagy got fired. But that was late in the season. Dude, it is week fucking three, and you're already blaming the coaches. And like you said, the D.C. just quit quoting family reasons, which, I mean, he's obviously terrible, so in the grand scheme of things, who gives a shit? But it's just a sign of a team going off the fucking rails going into week three. Now, this is the worst team left on Kansas City's schedule. It is the biggest spread at home they will have all year. Like you said, this is the perfect get-right game for an offense that has struggled versus two teams who we both expect to make the postseason this year. And since 2012, in week three, an 0-2 team on the road with a spread between 10 to 13, is 0-2 straight up and ATS, losing by 27.5 points per game. Mm. And, little side note, 2-0 and in the under on that. So, Chiefs are passed for me, and Chiefs and the under, you mentioned people don't like, oh, you can't play teasers here. Yeah, the teaser's undefeated, the under's undefeated already. Chiefs and the under on a two-leg teaser. Is uh, is money for me there? I already bet it. So, yeah, they got. I mean, just question turmoil on offense, turmoil on defense. I mean, they're just and I and actually, you know, I, like you said, I do kind of agree with him that they're they're make, trying to make him be a quarterback. Which why are they doing this? That that he's not that. He's not running. They're not running him anymore. He's not running. Yeah, but if you watch, like, I did see some of that game. Like, when you watch him run, he is running, like, timidly now. I, I mean, I've bragged and bragged and bragged about the kid in the preseason. The best, literally the best runner of the football I've ever seen in that position, like, ever. He's not doing that at all. Like, when he runs, it's timid, it's half-assed, and he's either going down or going out of bounds, like, almost immediately. Well, that whole... Uh, it, it's the coaches, you know, whatever, making them think too much. That that's bullshit because he's been holding the ball since Ohio State. So th- this is a problem that that he's had. His he's entire, stupid. Yeah, I know, I know. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully they they do the same thing. He's not running because if he doesn't run for 100 yards in this game, this is an easy cover for Kansas City. Yeah, blowout city. All right, moving on. Oh, our Las Vegas Raiders. They are home favorites versus those Pittsburgh Steelers. Two and a half points. Yeah, this line's kind of pissing me off. I thought I was going to be on a sharp side here and and taking Vegas uh, with, you know, one and a half 
or whatever. Maybe it got down to one, maybe close to, you know, uh, like a pick. But it seems to be everybody's coming in on Vegas. So I don't understand that. Um, you know, usually you get a Monday night win like that. It's, you know, and, and Raiders coming off getting embarrassed. Like that, this should have been this should have been a perfect spot for me to be on the sharp side taking Vegas, and it's not turning out that way. So now I don't really know what to do with it. I'm, I'm frustrated by it. It's up to two and a half. You know, if it gets a three, I mean, not only can I not take Vegas at that point, I I've, I've got to you know seriously consider Pittsburgh. So it really, this this game is just pissing me off, Bosevas. Um, I don't really have much else to say. I think it's a good spot for Vegas at home to get right. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, buckets on this. Pittsburgh in the 33% cover bucket. Not bigly there. Las Vegas in agreement with the algorithms. Now, Vegas is 27th DVOA. Well, Pittsburgh's 28th. Vegas has a .7 win share, so a little lucky to be 1-1. One one. Pittsburgh has a .1 win share. They should be 0-2 and maybe kicked out of the league. I don't know. <laughs> they got lucky all of last year. Come out with a winning record. We documented that in the preseason podcast. Their offense is fucking putrid. 32nd in DVOA. That's right. Worse than Chicago and worse than the Jets. Now their defense is 12. That's mostly fueled by the takeaway. Cleveland absolutely ran the ball down their goddamn throat last week, and so did the 49ers the week before. Well, through two weeks, Las Vegas has not been able to run the ball at all. But against this shitty run defense, I think they can't. And if they do that, then Jimmy G, who is 15th in QBR and number three in CPOA plus EPA, CPOE plus EPA, will have time to throw. They get the play action running and can absolutely manage this offense to a victory. Now, Kenny Pickett on the flip side is 32nd in QBR. That's last, if you were wondering. And 26th in CPOE plus EPA. Not good at all. That's down there in the Justin Fields. Zach Wilson and Deshaun Watson territory. That's right, Deshaun Watson territory. Mm. Sorry, Browns fans, but not sorry. And all and here's where I made the note about. And for all the shit uh, people are giving Russell Wilson, he's above average at both. Now Las Vegas held him at check at home, and the Raiders are awesome since moving to Vegas as short home favorites. Longhorn, so they moved there in 2020 when they're favored by two and a half points or less. So a short home favorite. 4-1 ATS with a plus 4.20 ATS margin. 4-1 straight up. And by the way, boys and girls, 5-0 on the teaser. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's it's Vegas or nothing for me here. And I like Vegas a lot, actually. All right. All right, moving on. Tampa Bay. Oh, <clears throat> the Tampa Bakers, 2-0. Four and a half point home dog consensus to those goddamn Philadelphia Eagles. Four and a, is that what it is in the contest? Uh, contest it is. I think it's five in the contest. Let me look. It. What the fuck? Oh, five in the contest. Okay. Yeah, I love Tampa here. Um, I, you know, I know five is a dead number, but you know, whatever. You take take every half point you can get. You never know how a game might play out. Um, so I like, I like getting that extra half point there, but look, Philly's got major, major issues at cornerback uh, on this, on this defense. Well, look, just to be fair, to be fair, uh, mm-hmm. four and a half is one fifteen. So 
and I see a lot of five still out there. So yeah, it's, 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 it's like it's, yeah, it's like four point six or so right now. Yeah. So you know, with with cluster injuries in the secondary against against you know Evans and Godwin and Beggars just letting it loose, playing his best ball through two games. I mean, it's very short sample size, but he's playing great ball. Um, it, it's it, everything points to Tampa. Like like last week when Philly. You know, it was kind of like, you know, things just aren't exactly going right for them on offense either, but they go back to their bread and butter and pound that rock to get things going and get back on track. Well, that's that's going to be tough sledding against Tampa. So they're not going to be able to just, if things aren't going right in the passing game, they're not going to be able to go out there and run for 200-plus yards against Tampa. So literally everything points to Tampa me, to, to me in this game, getting the points. I want as many points as I can get. Uh, I'm not going to hit a sound or anything because, you know, that Baker bubble can bust at any point. Um, but I just don't think they have the people in the secondary to take the ball away uh, from these Tampa Bay receivers. So I love Tampa Bay here. All right. Well, the buckets are all over the fucking place on this one. <laughs> um, so you got Tampa and the dogs decreasing. So 61.6% bucket there. You've got first time they've showed up in this bucket. Anybody showed up in this bucket so far in the first four weeks, 62.5%. But they also are the first time anybody showed up in this bucket, which is a 0% bucket. Zero. We've never had a team cover the landing in this bucket. It's always first time for everything. Uh, but Philly, same way. So Philly shows up in a 69% bucket. It's been very good to us so far. Where is that one at? Three and one so far in the first two weeks in that bucket. So hitting a little bit over the historic uh, trend mark. And they're also in the 59% bucket again. That one is seven and four so far. But they also land in a 20% bucket. So literally fucking just split fucking city uh, all across the board. Now the algorithms do agree on Tampa Bay here. Uh... For me, this game is for me. This game is really just a wait and see. I want to see. You know, we always have these teams that start off two and zero that we didn't really expect. Tampa, Washington, or a couple of them that come off the top of my head. I want to see if Tampa's for real, how real they are, and I also want to see if Hurts is going to continue to be this bad. Dude, he's been bad. He's twenty fourth in QBR, fifteenth in CPOE plus EPA. If, if they didn't figure out that they just need to hand the ball off that last game on Thursday night, they were in trouble. They were fucking in trouble. Once they found it, hand, once they figured out they could just really run read option right and read option left, and they they couldn't be stopped, then that's when they figured it. But like you said, if Tampa Bay is going to take that away, this offensive coordinator is going to have to come up with something else, and I haven't seen his change up yet, so... We'll see. I get this is a wait and see for me. I don't. I don't love either side because just because all the data is so fucking construed. But yeah, I I can almost guarantee you that Tampa Bay will be one of my five. All right. Well, let's go fucking Bucks. Uh, mm-hmm. Moving on. Those Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, these are back to your fucking daddy's Bengals at this point. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. Two and a half point favorites though. Still versus those Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, so with I don't have much on this game because you know we don't know. We... Oh, sorry. So, this keeps fucking me up because it. So just quick side note: because these goddamn actors and uh, writers are on strike, 
We're probably going to have two Monday Night Football games every fucking week. Yeah. So yeah. just be prepared. But anyway, this is Monday, second Monday Night Football. <laughs> so now we have to watch split-screen Monday Night Football. Such horseshit. So what do you think? Like, there's no official word on Burrow yet, but they're they're shading this line down, obviously, as if he's probably going to miss. Is that what they're doing? No. Fuck no. If he, if he was missing, they're dogs. That, right, but what I'm saying is if he was for sure in, it would be higher, though. Man, I don't know. I mean, the way the way that I've graded him out right now, this is no call in the power rankings at the two and a half. So, Okay, well, either either way, here, here's my suggestion, because I don't have anything on this game, but I've already, I've already teased up the Rams to eight and a half. And if Burrow gets ruled out, what are you, you going to say that line goes to? Uh, the Rams should be, uh, they'll, they'll be minus, minus two. two. Yeah. Okay. So if they go to minus two, then I'm going to tease the other side and I'm going to take Cincy plus eight and have that huge middle. Now I don't even know who the backup, I have to look that up. Who's playing backup. Jake Fuck. Browning. Uh, yeah. Well, don't love that, but you know what? They're a desperate team at home. He and, was good at Washington. And here's the deal. Maybe Burrow's so hurt that... You know, because he looks like he can't even find Jamar Chase. I, I don't think the downgrade from him, no, like, basically he's a seven-point quarterback. I don't, I mean, at this point. The way he's playing now. I, I, th- I mean, if I gave him four, I think it'd be, I, I, that would be generous. I think maybe three. Maybe. I'm, I'm going to be teasing both sides here. I hope he gets ruled out and I can catch the other side. That's what I'm doing here. All right, well, uh, let's see. Do we have any bucks? Yeah, the Rams are on the dogs moving down. from, So they got that. Cincy is nowhere to be found on the board. Uh, like I said, no call on the power rankings. Coin flip trims. Totally stay away from me. Here, I got to see if, if Burrow is healthy or not. Cincy is literally fighting for their fucking lives. And the Rams, honestly, should be loose and free. They're one and one. They're playing with house money. Um... That's generally when McVeigh goes and does his best shit. So we'll see what happens. So I I, I can't make a side either way. All right. All right, boys and girls, that was all. Then wins coming to the air tonight, baby. <laughs> time everybody's been waiting on it's time for those free sf3 picks of the week lay it on them baby yeah i think uh i think i think this week i'm gonna go with um i was trying to decide between two games here that i like i, th- I think i'm gonna go with the texans let's go let's go houston plus whatever number i've seen nine nine and a half eight and a half what anything over eight i'm good with let's uh, go let's call it nine Okay, we're going to call it nine. Houston plus nine, free pick of the week. All right. Moving on to the college free pick of the week. Uh, Oregon minus. They're up to 21 now. Uh, the clock is about to strike midnight for Cinderella, and I expect Colorado to learn and grow from this experience. But this line opened at 16 and was bet to 20 within 30 minutes. We snapped it up and gave it to our clients right around there. And this is the game that every sharp has been waiting on to crush Colorado 
It is no secret that in the Pac-12, the coaches have made a silent agreement to beat the ever-loving shit out of Dion every chance they get. Well, this is game one, and it's Bo Nix at home, so you get the good Bo Nix. And that poor kid in the duck costume is going to have to do around 250 push-ups on Saturday because Oregon will only stop scoring when they decide it is enough, and hopefully the vial against Sanders is enough to carry them all the way through the fourth quarter. So go, Ducks, go. And then I didn't give you a piece of money parlay last week. Well, God damn it, I'm making it good this week because this one, oh, let's go. Cincinnati Bearcats plus 440. They're going to beat them Sooners. Western Virginia plus 186 and the UTEP Miners. Go Miner Nation plus 111. Oh, my goodness, that pays you at 31 and a half to one on a three-team parlay. Let's fucking go. Yeah. All right, Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. Award-winning episode number 152 of the Football Glory Hole podcast is in the books. And speaking of books, if you would love to beat your book into submission this season, be sure to go to that website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and check out those free picks, which, by the way, fire last year. They're 4-2 and two so far this year, so they're doing fantastic. Uh, while you're there, check out those, those uh, package prices, uh, college, NFL, we got Combo. Check out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe to that. If you do any of these things, we become partners for life in both Cephas. It's in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your heart on money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Yeah, I'm off. Ah, damn it, people never pay a book again. Steven Tyler, take a cell, baby!